0: As you know, the election is coming up. Uh, you're 10 days away from Election Day. Early voting has already uh, begun in, in many places. Uh, Mail-in voting has started. Early voting in Albany County. Uh, I believe in Rensselaer County also. Uh, I haven't seen any in Silicon County, but that doesn't mean that's not there. We are facing a, uh, a big, big election. You know, many would say, you know, it's the biggest, most important election in the history of our nation, and they're probably not wrong. Uh, It's the most important election since the last election. And it'll be the most important until the next election. And so it seems as though these elections just keep getting more and more important. And uh, I believe that they do. And I believe that um, in part it's because of where we as a nation are. And so, um, listen, the choices aren't good. And the Lord gave me a scripture this week and it's uh, Psalm 27, verse 6. It says says this. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. uh, Amplified says this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. And so we have um, two candidates. One is... You know, a lot of people don't like him because he's rude and the way he talks, and I would agree he's not very presidential. And the other one has been a, uh, in politics for 47 years. Nearly half a century. And so that doesn't bode well either. And so when leader candidate is good, we have to fall back on where do they stand on issues. Where do they stand on, on the issues. And so I'm a values voter and as you know, uh, there is one There is one uh, issue to me that trumps all others, and that is the issue of abortion. And so that's the first one here on the list, and it's clear where these two candidates stand on abortion. Listen, there's two other candidates, and so if you vote for one of the other two candidates that are on the ballot in New York, you're basically saying, I don't like the two candidates that they came up with. Uh, Both of the other candidates are for abortion. Uh, There is only one out of the four that is against abortion. I believe that America will never change if we do not deal with the issue of the shedding of innocent blood. I believe that this is the foremost issue in the nation, and I believe that the reason why morality is slipping away in America is because we have devalued life at its beginning. And so this to me is the most important issue. Um, I could care less about what somebody's going to do with the economy. Uh, There's a lot of things that really become very much secondary or thirdly to me. The, The primary issue in my mind is the issue of abortion. If we do not end the bloodshed, why is there violence? Mother Teresa in 1998 said, How can we expect there not to be violence in the nation when we tell a mother that it's okay to murder their unborn child? This is Mother Teresa back in 1998 in Washington, D.C., speaking at the prayer breakfast to the at-time president and whoever else was gathered there. The, The things that we see in the nation today are there because of previous choices that we've made as a nation. We need to pray as a nation. We need to repent as a nation. And we need to pray for our nation. I believe that we are turning the corner All of that being said, I believe that we are turning the corner. I believe that there are good days up ahead. I believe that the tide is turning. I believe that America is coming back to God. Listen, I've been praying this prayer since I don't know when. Uh, It 95, 96, I'm not sure. I've been praying this prayer for a long time. Turn America back to God. God, turn America back to God. God, turn America back to you. I've been praying it for a long time, and I know that there's those who have been praying it much longer than I have. But I believe that we are on a cusp and I believe that we are in the days where America will turn back to God. And so let us pray. Let's take a couple minutes and let's just bow our heads and pray. Pray for this election and pray that God would give us what we need, not what we deserve. That God would have mercy on America. Father, right now we pray. We lift up this nation. We lift up this election. And God, we cry out to you with a broken and a humble heart. God, we remember uh, all uh, our sins and the sins of our nation. And God, we repent. God, we repent for the bloodshed of 65 million babies that have been aborted since 1973. And God, we pray, we cry out that you would come and that you would heal America, that you would turn this nation back to God. And, Father God, that you would just uh, move sovereignly, that men and women, once again, that America as a general public, God, that there would be righteousness in this nation once again, God. Father God, that the, the, the TV shows that come out of Hollywood would be righteous and whole and, and, and just, God, they, they would be wholesome, God. Father God, that every, uh, that there would be no greed in finance. God, that every area of, of life in America would be touched as a result of you coming, God. As a result of returning America back to you, God. Father, we pray for this nation. God, we thank you that we live in America. We thank you that we live in this nation where we are able to worship you freely that we're able to worship you as we choose. And God, we pray that this nation would endure, God, that this nation would continue to support support freedom of religion, not only here in this nation, but across the globe. And God, that uh, what's been done here would continue in other places of the world, but God, that you would just continue to breathe on this nation of America, that you would continue to bless this nation of America. God, we pray for this upcoming election. And God, we pray that you would have your way and that your candidate would get in. God, that the man that you would choose, God, to uh, rule over this nation for the next four years, that he would get in. And God, that righteousness would come back. God, that every hidden thing would be revealed. God, I believe that we are in a season where every hidden thing will be revealed. God, we pray for the revealing of hidden things, Lord. Father God, come and bless America. Bless this nation. God, we look to you. God, you are our strength. You are our hope. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, listen, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you today Pastor Stacy, my wife. She's going to be bringing the next uh, installment here. Come on, give her a hand as she comes. who you say I am, and uh, I'm just going to turn it over to her and let her go. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Oh, it's so good to be here this morning. I you, God is already started doing I almost thought the, the presence of the Lord was going to actually just preach for the whole message during worship because the songs, everything, and just lined up perfectly, so I, I really, truly really believe that he's already started, and my prayer, um, even into today, that God would just in soon and, um, and so when we talked about, um, our sermon series and stuff, and, and Pastor Matt was like, I really feel like i to do an identity series, my heart stirred as much as I didn't want to get up here, I've already been up here enough this year, and, um, I just knew that I had to because it's been something that I feel like from the time I gave my life to the Lord and, and maybe even before that, I think I was in an identity crisis. And we hear that, and you know, we have a generation in identity crisis. I think even our country's in an identity crisis, trying to find out who they are and, and go back to what our, what our forefathers have come over for. And um, so this was just a timely series. And what I hope today is to just share a little bit um, of what God has done for me, maybe give you a couple of keys, and then my prayer, which I already know He's doing because of worship this morning, is that He would impart to you what your journey and what your process is as you start to figure out who you are in the Lord, and so um, that's what I'm hoping to share today. The title of my message um, is Lord You Define Me. Because we can look everywhere for definition, but until we actually get back to who created us and his definition, we will never ever be satisfied. And so last week Pastor Matt talked about different words. He told you that. And in all these words that are spoken out for us. And so I'm gonna kind of start there because words are huge. And you know the old phrase like sticky and stones break your bones, but names will never hurt you." That is not true. We actually forget the pain of breaking the bones or being wounded or being thing, but the words seem to stick. And the Lord started to show me that the longer we work, we walk in this on this planet, the the longer we're around one another, um, the more things kind of stick to us, and a lot of those things are words. And so it actually changes how we talk, how we see ourselves, how we walk. It actually, words are so powerful, they can change our outward appearance. They change our attitude. They change how we actually associate with other people. And a lot of times, we don't actually even know it. You know, when I was a kid, um, one of the things that was said over me a lot, as you can tell, I, I have red hair, and so they would say, you are a hot-headed, red-haired Italian, and you're a Taurus. And so, if, you know, if you don't know what a chorus is, it's actually a bull. So you can only imagine having those words spoken what kind of child I was. And, um, you know... Some of those things are true. I am Italian. I'm actually Irish, so it's, it's kind of a good thing. They didn't have the Irish because They're pretty hot-headed it. Um But <laughs> as those words were spoken over me, and it usually wasn't when I was sitting peacefully, um, it just reinforced those habits that I had in my life. And I, I actually, instead of like pushing back that that was who I was, I actually embraced those things. And so. I became what? A little more hot, headed, a little more short-tempered, um, which gave my mother a runaround, let me tell you. And so it does. It can change those things as we have those things come upon us and said to us. In Ecclesiastes 7.21, says, Also, do not take heart to everything people say. People say a lot of things. And it's not always negative things that we get caught up in and having it identify us. Sometimes it's positive things. You know? You could, somebody could say to you, Wow, you always dress nice. And you can get so wrapped up in dressing nice all the time that you start to identify that that's who you are. Well, I'm someone who always dresses nice, and so I always dress nice. But then what happens you when know, something happens and you don't you know, have the money to dress nice? It can tear you down. You then start searching. Let's like, say, hey, God, who am I? Who am I? Because these are all the things I thought I was. But now I, I can't I can rest in it. So whether it's, you know, a compliment or an insult, those things can start to define us. And I hate to say that the longer we're here, those things start to build up. And the Lord started to give me an image of, um, I don't know if any of you have seen, tied to the Caribbean, but on, um, I think it's Baby Jones' ship, they show the Father, and he's got all these barnacles stuck to him, and the Lord started to show me, like, as things are said to us, we grab those things, and they're kind of stick to us, and eventually, we start to not even look like ourselves, and we don't even realize it. We look in the mirror, and we're actually looking at a distorted vision, a distorted image of what God had originally intended for. Romans twelve two says, so Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. You know, sometimes it's words, but we are so hit with our culture. You can't turn on television, the you know, your social media, and not have the culture completely bombarding you with what they think you should sound like, talk like, dress like, you know, what cause you should be standing up for. And so we can get wrapped into the culture's identity instead of actually understanding what our identity is. It goes on to say, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit to a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And I love that last part, perfect in his eyes. And so that's where I want to go this morning. What does God see in us? What do, if we could look through the Lord's eyes this morning and view ourselves, what would we see? Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So how does that see us? God looked in the mirror and then he made us. And then he made you. And he made me. And, and he was like, I did it here. He patterned us after him. God who put everything, every creation, life into nothing, looked in the mirror and he created us in his image. He didn't make mistakes. Although sometimes we get this little thing in our head and we're like, you know, God must have made me on a Friday. When they were making me, they ran out of, he must not have had enough patience because I wasn't given any. And I used to say that all the time. Lord, you must have ran out of that because I don't have any. And that's not true. He gave us everything. We just have to know where to go to get it. And he does that in certain ways. And so it's one of the ways that the Lord helped me to start to combat these negative things that were said to me. um, Or even things that, that were positive things. But when I gave my life to him, he wanted me to understand who I was, and not in all these outside things, but truly in Him. And so he started that renewing process of how we think, and one of the ways that he did that was, he started to have me put scriptures up on my mirror, because, you know, we look in our mirror and we're always we touching, doing our hair, doing whatever, he um, surprised how often we look in the mirror, and this is one of the verses, and created in the image of God put that on my head. I needed to start changing the thoughts in my head. He also had me put up this Psalm 139:14 14 um, in the New King James. It says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and as I was researching this, I came across the Passion Translation and I just want to read it to you because I ended up finding out a little bit more about myself. It says, you formed me, you formed my innermost being. Shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. And wove them together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. I actually had to stop and I started chuckling because I just got a whole bunch of answers about myself right there. I was like, that's it. That's the missing link. I am mysteriously complex. My husband would agree with you. I'm sure my parents would agree with that. And I just thought that was hilarious. And what's so funny is that David's actually thanking God for that. So it showed me that there are things about ourselves we are never going to understand. We're just never going to understand. Unless we do what? We go back to who who, who created us, who actually knows all mysteries. All mysteries. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. And so he created us, So guess what? You're breathtaking to him. You're breathtaking to him. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body. You created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully, shaping me from nothing to something. From nothing into something. You know, I found myself actually thanking God for some of the things that I used to criticize myself about, things about the way I or whatever that I didn't want. Because I realized one day when I went to go and speak that criticizing thought, that as I was criticizing myself, I was actually criticizing the Lord and I was insulting him and in his creation. That he didn't make any mistakes, and I was telling him he made mistakes. Wow, we're telling the Lord he made a mistake. We messed up somewhere every time we come around and we criticize ourselves. Now listen, I didn't thank God for my short-temperedness. That's not a character of God. God gave me passion and I allowed the enemy to use it to be hot-headed or to be short-tempered. So it's not those kind of things. But there are attributes about us that we never, may not necessarily like. And we need to thank God for those things because they are part of us and, and it makes him we And he makes no mistakes. He makes no junk. I tell our kids all the time, he makes no junk. None at all. You know, last week Pastor Matt said, if you get anything, the most important thing you need to get is that Jesus loves us, that God loves us. And you need to ourselves as that. And so I want to go to the verses in John, because now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. I remember when I read John when I first um, got saved, and I remember thinking, wow, this guy is so peaceful. Like, how can you honestly refer to yourself as that? And it took a while, you know, as Pastor Tom preached, and I understood that he was showing that we can all say that. We can all say that we are the one whom Jesus loved. But it would take years of God renewing my mind and years of spending time with him on this journey for me to actually get it. And it wasn't until recently that one day I was sitting in prayer and... I was sitting and just just allowing his presence to be with me. That I got another key. That I felt like I had great key in this area. Because it's one thing of knowing that we can say that, but it's another thing like saying it out loud. You know? And so later on today, I want you to even try that on. Like, just look in the mirror and say that out loud. And as I sat there, I started having these flashes of memories. And I was like, and it was just very peaceful. And I that? Like, oh, the and they were memories, but there was something different about the memories. They weren't quite the memories of how I had remembered them. And then he showed me the memory that I had, and he showed me the memory that he was having. And he said that. This this is how I see you, and I felt instantly overwhelmed with this amazing love. I can't explain it, but I also know that that thing that he did for me, he wants to do for everyone sitting in this room, everyone listening on my life, anyone who listens to this message. It wasn't just for me. It was for everyone here. He has those same memories. We see them through a distorted lens of our brokenness, and he shows us it through a lens of perfection. How he sees us, and he is so in love with us. And John understood that. That's why he could say, "Come one, come Jesus, love," because he actually walked with Jesus. He actually walked with him. It wasn't in boastfulness. It was in the, the assurance that Jesus gave him as he walked with him. And we can do the same thing. And later on, we're actually going to take some time and we're going to start that process a little bit. It's only as we spend time with him that we get a free definition of who we are. So I'm going to do something that um, we haven't really done here, but Jesus did all the time. When he was teaching something, he would bring a story to help just reaffirm what he was teaching. And so right now, um, I'm going to read this story. And it's actually when I had kind of thrown out what I felt the Lord was showing me, my son actually reminded, um, actually told me about this book. And as I read it, I realized, wow, this is definitely the book I'm to read. Um, And some of you may have read it before. But it had to do with stickers, and um, I actually had to chuckle because, and it was gold stickers, like gold star stickers. And I don't know about you, but when I was younger, you'd get a gold star on your paper when you did a good job. Well, I wasn't a real great student, and so I didn't get stickers, let alone star stickers, gold star stickers. Like you had to get like in the 90s or 100s to get the gold star stickers. And so I actually just started I I thought, do you have really many stickers, gold star stickers, back into my life? And um, I, you can ask my kids, I am all about gold stars. When the, when the Starbucks came out with their app and you collected gold stars, like, I didn't understand where it came from. And then the Lord showed me it was from a childhood because I lacked the gold stars. But I was like, I just couldn't wait to get gold stars. Buy me a coffee, buy my coffee grounds. And before they changed the app, you could see your cup filling up with the gold stars, And you could shake it, and it would glitter. And I mean, I was just in my glory. And then I didn't want to spend the gold stars. And then the Lord dealt with me a little bit about, you know. And so then I, I didn't really want the Starbucks drink, and I would end up using my free drinks and buy my coffee or my family using my stars, I would buy them free drinks. And so I'm going to read you a story. It's called You Are Special. It's by Max Licato. I'm not sure if any of you have read it, but if not, just sit back. You know, he says, uh, come as children. And I'm going to read you a child story. So just uh, open your heart. Pretend you're in a nice, cozy chair this morning. The Wemeks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemek was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats, but all were made by the same carver. All lived in the village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of gold star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, whose with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But But if the wood was rough, or the pink chips the one that's good got the talented ones got stars too some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs everyone gave them stars some next had stars all over them every time they got a star it made them feel so good It made them want to do something else to get another star. Others, though, could do little, and they got dots. Punicello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around him and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood would get scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then, when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, and the one would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as to get his hat or step in the water. And then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots for women people would agree with one another. He's not a good, living person. After a while, Kenny to believed him. I'm not a good Wemmick, he said. say. The few times he went outside, he hung around other women who had a lot of dots. He felt better around them. One day he met a woman who was unlike any he had ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just witty for me, Ms. Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stick either. That's the way I want to be, thought to I don't want anyone's marks. So we asked the skipper with Wimith how she did it. It's easy, Lucy replied. Every day, I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill, he's there. And with that, the Wemmick, who had no stickers, turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punicello cried. Lucia didn't hear. So Punicello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around giving each other stars and laughs. It's not right, he muttered to himself. And he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the good shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his ticky toes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punicello swallowed hard. And then here, he turned to leave, and then he heard his name. The voice was deep and strong. Cunicello said, Punicello how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punicello turned slowly and looked at the large, weirded facsimile you know my name, little one of Of course I do. I made you. He stooped down and picked him up and set him on again. Hmm. just spoke it's thoughtfully as he looks like a bully bastard. Looks like he's been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other one thinks. Mm-hmm. No? And you shouldn't either. Who are they to give you stars or dots? They're women just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Timucello. All that matters is what I think. And I think you are very special. Timucello laughed. Me? That's all. Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. I can't Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Timucello put his hands on their small wooden shoulder and spoke very slowly. Because you are mine, that's why it matters had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his mother. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, he you lied I came because I met someone who had no mask, said Pumicello. I know, he told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The neighbor stick softly. Because she decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you love them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about those stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will but it will take time. You've got a lot of months. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punicello off the bench and stepped him on the ground. Remember, Eli said to the woman. said as the window walked out the door, you are special because I made you, and I don't make mistakes. Punicello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, he believed he think. And when he did, a dot to the ground. And so just like Punicella had to go and see Eli, we have to do the same thing. We have to go and see and sit with our Creator, the one who made us in his image, the one who looks at us with such loving eyes, he thinks that we're perfect. And we need to take and spend that time. And so right now I'm going to have the worship team come up, I've asked them to just bring a song, and we're going to start that process right now. And so I want you to just close your eyes, it's not a time of worship, it's a time of just receiving from the Lord and letting him do what only he can do. Let him just pour over you this morning what you, need, what you need to him. And I really, truly believe that they were singing this great for this morning. That, and I loved what um, Elizabeth said. Elizabeth, I felt the same thing. I just felt like Jesus was just kind of walking, that he is here and he does want to be with you. And you just have to reach out. You just have to, to settle your mind and quiet it and just sit and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here to receive from you. Speak to me this morning. And I, as you, uh, on your chairs, there was actually a little um, bookmark. And so on there is just a couple of days. Sometimes you have to get into, you have to make it a point to do it. You can get so distracted by things. And so there's a little bookmark there to put in your Bible to remind you, like, sometimes it's closing your Bible. And I just asked my kid, did you spend time with Jesus today? And I'm like, Yes, mom. i read my words. Sometimes you just have to be quiet and just not even reading his words, just sit in his loving presence. And you'll notice on that bookmark there's a line underneath every day. And so just write in there something that he says about you. Because he has a lot of things to say about you. And you need to hear those those positive things. We need to hear that he loves us and that he thinks that we're special. And he's an infinite God, so he knows exactly what we need to hear. And he'll minister to you differently than he's going to speak to the next person to So just allow him to just walk you we need to stand in